For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, all right, all right. It's the top five reasons why Aegon the Conqueror carved his prophecy of doom onto a Valyrian steel knife. Number five, he ran out of paper. That's it, a very simple problem. Number four, he did write it on paper, but Valerion thought it was homework and ate it. That's right, he's well-trained dragon. Number three reason why Aegon carved his prophecy on a Valerian steel knife, uh, Visenya, turns out, makes fun of people who write on paper. She has the meanest jokes, so. Number two, all paper in Valyria was made of Valyrian steel. In fact, they wrote everything on knives and swords and stuff like that. And the number one reason why Aegon carved his prophecy on the knife, because Aegon loves to play knifey spoony. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. All right, all right, you win. <laughs> I see you've played knifey spoony before. Hey there, friends. David Lightbringer here, also Flying Dragons Now in Session, with part two of our Aegon's Prophecy series. This time to talk about how the prophecy was passed down from Aegon the Conqueror, who of course established the Targaryen dynasty along with his sisters, to King Viserys, who is the fifth ruling Targaryen monarch. This is a bit of a mystery that people have been wondering about, simply because Maegor the Cruel interrupted the smooth transfer of power to burn a bunch of stuff and start a couple wars. But today I'll explain how the knowledge was preserved and passed down, again, from Aegon to Viserys. As a bonus, I'll also tell you why House of the Dragon chose to use the Valyrian steel knife as a means of transmission, as a post-it note, if you will. And I'm very pleased to tell you that the answer is far more than HBO wanted to connect House of the Dragon to Game of Thrones, or some silly joke about the prophecy being the thing to save the world since Arya literally stabbed the Night King with the prophecy, uh, which of course the knife by that time had been fitted with a different hilt and renamed the Cat's Paw Dagger. This will be a no-spoilers House of the Dragon video in that we won't be discussing Targaryen history beyond Viserys, and therefore we won't talk about anything that will come up on future seasons of the show. You can watch this video without watching part one, but I'd recommend at least circling back for that one to complete the discussion that we're having here. I'll also have a part three coming next week to talk about the possibility that Aegon might have told Torrin Stark about his dream, and that this was the foundation of the peace accord between Aegon and Torrin. And we'll also cover basically every other important Stark Targaryen interaction that could have had to do with this prophecy, including the Pact of Ice and Fire, for those of you who know what that is. Now, as we discussed in the first video, Aegon's dream of the long night, the prince that was promised, and the song of ice and fire was far from unprecedented. That's right, after a little digging, it turns out that Valerians and Targaryens who lived both long before and 
long after Aegon, were also prophesying about the end of days, if you will. We also saw that Targaryens really, really liked to talk about this stuff with one another, and that it was more than just the king and his heir who were discussing Aegon's prophecy at different times. For example, in the time of Egg and Aemon's youth, that's Maester Aemon, it seems that the entire extended family of House Targaryen had knowledge of it. And by the time that Aemon was an old man, he was workshopping all of this Azor high shit with a young Prince Rhaegar. Now that we know that Aegon the Conqueror was thinking about and dreaming about all the same stuff too, two and a half centuries before Rhaegar's birth, we can see that Aegon's long night prophecy has actually shaped the Targaryen dynasty from start to finish. Now what we didn't do in that video was trace the line of transmission from Aegon to King Viserys. House of the Dragon shows us a King Viserys who has a good knowledge of both the prophecy itself as well as what it means. So we're looking for a pretty solid line of direct transmission, not just Viserys finding the knife and accidentally dropping it in the fire one day and be like, oh look, runes. So this will be a fun little detective job, if you will, and we'll even get to steal things from Maegor the Cruel along the way. As we discussed last time, Aegon definitely would have told his two sister wives, Rhaenys and Visenya, about the real reason they were using their dragons to conquer and consolidate Westeros. And the next person that Aegon would have told would, of course, have been his son, Aenys, who was Aegon's heir from the moment he was born until the moment he was crowned at the age of 30 in 37 AC. I'm guessing that Aenys would have then shared the secret of the prophecy with his brother Maegor, since he spoke of co-ruling with his brother when he was first crowned, and even gave Maegor the sword Blackfire, if you can believe that. And that's if Visenya hadn't already told Maegor herself, which, guess what, she definitely did. Visenya was famous for speaking loudly and often of her son being more qualified to sit the throne than Aenys, who was pretty weak. And she supported Magor when he usurped Aenys' son, Aegon the Uncrowned. So at the very, very least, Visenya would have told Magor at that time when he claimed the throne, but likely he knew before then. So here we come to the big mystery in the chain of transmission. How did the knowledge pass to King Jaehaerys, who was king after Magor? We can assume that Magor didn't tell him, and he actually didn't have much of a chance, as Jaehaerys was kept safe from Magor during the last four years of Magor's six-year reign. The answer is almost certainly either Jaehaerys' mother, Queen Alyssa Velaryon, who was the wife of King Aenys, or Jaehaerys' older sister, the legendary Princess Rhaena Targaryen, rider of Dreamfire. Rhaena was King Aenys' firstborn child, and she was married to her next youngest sibling and Jaehaerys' older brother, Aegon the Uncrowned, rider of the dragon Quicksilver. So starting with Reyna, we have to say that it's very likely that she knew about Aegon's prophecy. Her husband, Aegon the Uncrowned, was the heir to King Aenys and would have known of the prophecy because of that. And he probably told Reyna, who again, is both his sister and his wife. It's even possible that Reyna might have heard Magor mention it, uh, because Magor, of course, wed Reyna against her will, after killing her husband Aegon and his dragon with Balerion the Black Dread. It's also well possible that Reyna knew of the prophecy before she ever married her brother Aegon, because as Aenys' eldest child and a dragon rider, Reyna may have been told about it by King Aenys himself. Plus, her dragon's name is Dreamfire, which is 
Certainly suggestive, and since Dreamfire was a hatchling when she bonded with a nine-year-old Reyna, we can assume it was Reyna who named Dreamfire. So, did Reyna dream of a great fire at the end of days? Perhaps, perhaps. Now, Queen Alyssa Valarion, the wife of King Aenys, is perhaps even more certain to have been in the know. Alyssa was her husband's cousin, or maybe second cousin, it's unclear. And she was, of course, born of House Valarion, who descends from old Valeria, just like the Targaryens do. That means that Alyssa wouldn't have been seen as some sort of outsider to the family, like, say, Alicent Hightower was, and therefore was probably in on the family knowledge. In other words, Alyssa and Aenys were very close, both in terms of the family tree and in terms of their relationship. It's Targaryen stuff, you know how that goes. And Aenys would also have known that his father Aegon had told each of his sister wives about the prophecy, and therefore probably did the same. So here's the really cool part. Both Alyssa and Reyna worked to undermine Maegor, and then they both stole important Targaryen stuff from him near the end of his reign in order to help preserve the Targaryen dynasty. Queen Alyssa, who had been held prisoner on Dragonstone under the custody of Visenya, escaped with her children, Jaehaerys and Alysanne, when Visenya died, and cleverly thought to snag Dark Sister on her way out. Way to go, Mom! Alyssa and her children then hid at Storm's End, and nine days after Magor died, they emerged to claim the throne for Jaehaerys, who was only 14 at the time. The age of majority in Westeros is 16, so Alyssa served as queen regent for Jaehaerys for the next two years. And that means that if she had had the secret of Aegon's prophecy, she very obviously would have passed it to her children at that time, since they were now the king and queen of Westeros. Then we have Reyna, again the legendary Reyna Targaryen, who actually managed to one-up Alyssa by not only stealing the other Targaryen family sword, Blackfire, from under the nose of a dying Maegor. Reyna also snagged Aegon the Conqueror's Valerian Steel Crown. Sticky fingers, that Reyna Targaryen. Now, all this stealing from Magor the Cruel is, of course, good, clean fun, but the point I want to make here is that Reyna and Alyssa seem to have taken actions to salvage the Targaryen legacy from Magor's disastrous reign, and therefore it would stand to reason that they also passed knowledge to Jaehaerys, along with these prized relics. From Jaehaerys, it's pretty much all downhill sledding, since we know that Jaehaerys had Plenty of opportunity to tell Viserys all about this stuff after Viserys was named Jaehaerys' heir by the Great Council of 101 AC, which of course we saw on the first episode of House of the Dragon. The big mystery was how it got from Magor to Jaehaerys, but I think it's obvious that the knowledge passed through his mother, Alyssa, or his auntie, Reyna, the two sword thieves. Now, as to what happened to this knowledge after the Dance of the Dragons, well, like I said, I don't want to get into that because I'd have to talk about spoilers for the next few seasons of the show. But suffice it to say that a lot of Targaryens die suddenly in the war, and it's very likely that a lot of the family knowledge was lost in the process. Baelor the Blessed, the book burner, comes along only two generations later, and we know that he burned Barth's writings and basically anything else that wasn't good and proper in the line of the seven, if you will. Some of this knowledge must have been written down and saved from Baelor's fires, though, because 70 years later, King Aerys I was 
reading about prophecies of the return of dragons in Older Scrolls, as we discussed in the first video in this series. Alright, so why did House of the Dragon choose to have Aegon write his prophecy down on a knife? Well, I was just talking about Aegon's crown, and I've joked before about Aegon's prophecy having also been, perhaps, inscribed on the inside of the crown, right next to where it says, this belongs to Aegon. And though I was mostly kidding, I do want to make a point here. House of the Dragon didn't invent the idea of etching runes into Valyrian steel. And in fact, there could be other inscriptions on other Valyrian artifacts, both in the show canon and the book canon. So, for example, Euron Crozai, who is, of course, very different in the books than on the show, has a suit of Valerian steel scale armor, which is described thusly. The scales were edged in red gold and gleamed and shimmered when they moved. Patterns could be seen within the metal, whirls and glyphs and arcane symbols folded into the steel. Similarly, and perhaps more importantly, the Valerian Dragonbinder horn that, again, Book Euron possesses, has bands of Valerian steel which are, quote, incised with ancient Valerian glyphs that seemed to glow redly as the sound swelled. So, this is a Valerian band, but this is a Valerian steel band, and not only are the Valerian glyphs folded into the steel, and sorry for that joke, you'll notice that the glyphs glow only when the horn's magic is invoked, and the horn itself begins to heat up. So it's very similar to Rhaenyra and Viserys heating up the knife to reveal its secret runic message. Now isn't it? So yeah, putting Aegon's dream on the steel of the knife actually does have precedent in the book canon. And that suggests that other Valyrian steel items, including the swords Blackfire and Dark Sister, or even Aegon's crown, could have hidden messages from old Valyria. So, as some of you will know, the important precedent here are the stories about Elric of Melnibone, written by Michael Moorcock, one of George's biggest influences. And in particular, the Valerians are very similar to the Melnibonaeans, and all the Azor High magical sword stuff also pretty much is derived from Elric. In particular, Elric's magical black steel sword, Stormbringer, Lightbringer, Stormbringer, and its twin Mornblade, Sword of the Morning, Mornblade, are known as rune swords. And that means that when their magic is used, the swords alight with black fire, and the runes on the steel of the swords blaze up red. It's uh, quite the sight, yes, and Martin is directly adapting this, as you can see, with that bit about the black Valerian steel bands on Dragonbinder having glyphs that light up with magical red fire. And we can also see that the Targaryen family sword, Blackfire, is basically named after the black fire of Elric's black sword, Stormbringer. So, if Blackfire, or any other black Valerian steel sword, turns out to have runes or glyphs on it. Well, Elric fans will simply point and be like, look, it's a rune sword. That means we can also essentially call Viserys' knife a rune knife in the tradition of Elric's rune swords. And whatever you do, don't be the chode who tweets about how secret glyphs on Valerian weapons is lame HBO stuff. Because it's literally a 60-year-old iconic fantasy idea and one of Martin's very favorites. Friends, if you plan on watching the new show 1899 on Netflix from the creators of Dark, 
my favorite show ever. Please consider yourself invited to join me and Heidi from Costume Co. this Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific for a special 1899 stream to cover the first two episodes. And if you weren't planning on watching 1899, well, you should. And then come to the live stream. And in all seriousness, guys, this is going to be perhaps the scariest and wildest mystery box show, if you will, ever made. So don't miss out. Netflix, of course, dumps their entire season of a show all at once, but I will be doing several more live streams to cover it. So watch the show, watch the streams with me. It's going to be fun. Of course, we also have our Starry Wisdom Sunday streams every Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And I'll have that Torn Stark video out next week for you as well. If you signed up for YouTube Squisher and are looking for the link to our Discord, then just click the Community tab on the YouTube front page. And if you signed up for Patreon, the link is in a post right on the Patreon front page. Thanks for watching, everyone, and I'll see you again soon. Oh, yeah, don't forget to click the like button. I always forget to say that. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.